Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Biz Solution Show. I'm your host, Laura Galloway, the Mom Biz Coach and co-author of Moms Mean Business, a guide to creating a successful company and a happy business as a mom entrepreneur. Welcome to 2016. This is my first podcast episode of the year and of my seventh year of podcasting. <laughs> January 9th is my podcasting anniversary, and I passed it very quietly because quite frankly, I just wasn't quite ready to get back in the saddle last week. I needed one more week to calm the chaos and get back into the groove of working and mothering and handling all of the kids' stuff, and my head just wasn't there. So I gave myself permission to take one more week. But I'm here today, and I'm super excited to be here. I've got a great episode for you today because... As usual, this comes from questions that I get from my clients and from, actually this one's from a potential client. She's not uh, hired me yet. I hope she will. But we've had a conversation about where she is in her business. And it's like so many of the questions I get from you guys when you are, you know, running your own company and you're in it usually by yourself. You may hire some freelancers. You may hire uh, some contractors that help you out do various things. But when you have to make a decision about things, sometimes the only person to turn to and say, should I do this or should I do that, is your husband or your partner or a friend or maybe your parents. And unfortunately, these are not always the best people to ask. And in fact, I'm going to be bold and say, quite frankly, they usually are never the right people to ask. These people care about you deeply. They love you. They appreciate you. They want what's best for you, but they may not have much insight. You may not have given them much insight into the daily operations of your business and the the magic sauce that is in that that you know and that these various other people from the outside don't know. So it can be really hard to make decisions like the one I'm going to talk with you about today. So today's episode is all about whether or not you should stick with your plan or follow the money. And this is in a nutshell, the question this potential client asked me this week. And she was explaining her business this way. She said, okay, I started my business, I think, about six months ago, she said. So maybe in the summer. She's had this business for about six months. She has a marketing background, and her branding, her website, everything is beautifully done. Uh, no critique there. Really, really nice stuff. But what she's done is she's offering a service um, that you know covers a lot of different things. So she's a service provider, and it covers a whole lot of different things, a lot of different services that um, individuals, businesses, organizations can need. 
And yet, even though she's articulated quite a bit of those different things she does, she is finding that the clients that she's getting, and you know how it is in the early days when you get a client or some clients or any clients or any money, you're grateful for it, right? Because when we're starting out, you know, just the actual transaction of, you know, being asked to do something, doing it and getting paid for it is uh, is, a, is where we all start. You know, we've got to make some money. We're um, willing and eager to get ourselves out there, get some good experiences and testimonials and approve ourselves, right? So she's doing all that. But what she's noticed is that, A, the way she's getting this business is very fortunately coming from her website, okay? And her website, as I said, describes what she does. And I'm being a little vague just, you know, to protect the various people I work with, so just giving you an idea for it. And also, I'm inviting you to listen to this and think about how it can apply to you, how it can apply to your business. So there's no real need for the specifics. But she's described things on her website, and her website is using good enough keywords and good enough targeting for her to attract these opportunities. Yet when she gets asked to do a a certain um, service, it's becoming something a little bit different. And, you know, it's not, none of it's, you know, her joke on her website is, hey, if it's legal, we'll, we'll do it, you know, ask me, we'll give it a go. And, you know, it's awesome to be flexible like that. It's awesome to be willing to try lots of different things and to be kind of like that freelancer contract fill-in person that so many people need in their lives but don't help or a personal assistant or whatever you want to call it. But the type stuff she's getting is, is kind of taking her more into a different area, so more into like business support than she particularly wanted to do. And she's noticing that, you know, that there's a discrepancy between where she thought she'd be making her money and how she thought she would be spending her time and what she planned to do for a living and what is actually turning out to be the source of her income. So the question that, you know, so in a nutshell, the question is, does she need to change her services to reflect and her business plan and the way she markets herself and her messaging to reflect the type of clients she is attracting and to reflect the type of work that she is getting experience in doing, which is, again, so important at this startup stage, or should she stick to her plan and, you know, look for a way to make her language a little bit, like, clearer? And should she focus her marketing efforts in a different way, at a, towards a different group, in a different venue, in order to stick with her plan and get that actual client and those actual kinds of um, freelance-type jobs that she wanted to do? So the answer to this is, of course, it depends, right? So, I mean, there's no just... I, I'm a pragmatist, and while it is absolutely reasonable to say, well, hey, why not follow the money? There's also a great argument to be made for, hey, why not stay true to your original vision, right? So let's take a look at both of those options, and maybe you've been in a position like this before. I bet you have, because it is very common when we start out as entrepreneurs we are so excited to just, you know, birth our business and to have it up and running and to be actually, you know, considered worthy of, you know, doing the work for someone, for getting someone's trust. 
and for being able to sell them a product or service and to have them pay us for it, that it can be so easy to just really take option one, which is follow the money. There is a lot of good to be had in that option, okay? The pro side of it is that you are listening and you are learning what your clients tell you that they want from you. And every single one of us, no matter what stage of our business we're in, needs to be looking, listening, and learning from our clients and our customers and understanding what they want from us. You know, I've had clients who used to send out, you know, just a simple example. One of my clients used to send out, um, she's an English major. She's a wonderful blogger and writer, but she was also contracting her writing services out. And her target audience was for other busy women entrepreneurs and busy moms, okay, and yeah, who also run businesses. And what she was doing was she was writing these beautiful, amazing newsletters that she would send out once a week to everyone on her list. And she had a pretty sizable list. And people would, you know, they would tell her how great her writing was. They would tell her how much they loved it, that they just looked forward to reading it all the time. Well, over time, her list, so the same group of people, stopped opening her emails. She noticed her click rate and her open rate went way down. And she thought, gosh, what am I doing? Am I losing my touch? Am I this? Am I that? She did a poll, which was very smart, a great way to listen to your audience is to, to ask them very direct questions and give them an easy way to provide feedback to you. And what she learned is that as much as they loved her writing, over time her audience had become busier and busier. Their inboxes had become stuffed with lovely things to read, but that time dictated they really didn't have the time to do it anymore. And so she learned that what her audience wanted from her was very short, still snarky, funny, wonderfully written, beautifully written things, but they had to be like 150 words or less if she wanted them to open it because they knew they had been trained by her and her beautiful, lovely emails to learn that they needed a good 10 or 15 minutes to sit back, relax, and read her emails. And if they didn't feel they had that time when her emails came in, then they would just delete them or skip them and never open them. So when she adjusted and got her wonderful, wonderful notes down into a much shorter, easier-to-consume fashion that could be read in, you know, two minutes or less, her click rates and her open rates went way back up. So that's just an example. It's been a long time since I've worked with that client, but that was one of the things that always stuck in my head, that she did such a good job asking for feedback and understanding that her target audience had shifted. Now, she did not stop blogging and she did not stop writing. She just adjusted the the delivery vehicle a little bit in the way she put it out there because of the feedback that she got from the lifestyle of her clients that was, you know, kind of mandating her their ability to read her emails. Now, so yes, there is the the pro side of listening to your audience is that they can give you valuable feedback about how you how they want you to sell to them. And if you are good and you listen to them and they see that, they appreciate that and you really engage that like, know and trust factor even more, okay? And they continue to do business with you. Now the downside of that is I had a, another client. This woman was a coach. I used to coach a whole ton of coaches back in my early days of coaching. I still coach a fair amount, but this was a large portion of the work I was doing for a while. 
And this coach wanted to be a sales coach. She had a fabulous sales career behind her. She was super dynamic and really an extrovert, so she really needed to be around a lot of different people and have a lot of energy. And, you know, it was just it was it was her calling. It was really it was really great to watch her um when she was in the moment working with a client as I got to do a few times. And anyway, she when she first launched as a coach, she first got her certification and got out there. She, you know, like many of us, was struggling to get enough clients and enough work to pay her bills and to get moving. So she had a side hustle, and her side hustle was resume writing and, like, LinkedIn profile writing and, like, cover letter writing for various other uh, clients that she worked for, various other salespeople that she worked for. So she wasn't getting the coaching work that she wanted to do, but she was getting some work from these salespeople that she wanted to coach. So she was still working with her target audience, but she was not getting to do the actual work that she wanted to do with them. She was taking a side hustle, a side gig, of doing some of this copywriting, letter writing, uh, resume writing that that her various clients came to her for help because she was so good at that. And I asked her, why do you keep doing it? She's like, well, it's it's a no-brainer. It's so easy. I could do it in my sleep, and it makes really good money. So the question became, well... Let's see, should you shift and follow that money and do this thing that is brainless and easy for you, or should you stay the course and pursue your career as a coach? And the answer for her came down to, you know, what her passion was. And as easy as the resume writing and the cover letter writing was for her, she kind of hated it. It brought her no joy. It just brought her money. And on top of that, she had invested quite a bit in her coaching career and her coaching studies, so it was important to her to pursue that. So to choose, she had to choose to stop spending her time because it cost her time to do that stuff. She had to choose to stop spending her time doing something that was easy money but kept her from spending more of her time going out, finding the people that she could work with as coaching clients, connecting with them in the right way, managing her overall profile, presentation, everything that she was putting out in the universe, she didn't really think about that all that much because she was really busy working on all this other stuff. So sometimes you can follow the money, and it's going to take you way off course of what you want. Other times, listening to your audience, following the money, is absolutely the right thing to do. Guys, the only way to choose is, of course, to check in with your priorities. Stop me if you've heard this one before. And check in with your big goals. You know, there's no right or wrong answer. There's no reason you can't do both. But you've got to start with the right questions. Why do you want to do that? Why would this be an important choice for you? And how does it align with your overall priorities and goals? Is it going to get you closer to follow the money or stay the plan? That's it for today, guys. I hope you have a great start of the year. And I will be back to talk to you next week with another great question. Until then, look me up at momboomcoach.com or hit me up on Facebook or Twitter as momboomcoach. Until next time, take care.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.